Welcome to the Beyond the Shoe Box Score Podcast, where you hear from current and former Sacred Heart student-athletes and coaches. Here's your host, Dan Gardella. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Beyond the Shoe Box Score Podcast. My name is Dan Gardella. Happy to be joined with you for episode number nine of the podcast series. Another great sit-down with the head coach of the Sacred Heart men's ice hockey team, C.J. Maritolo. Great conversation with a really great guy. Connecticut Roots was an assistant at Yale. Um, came through the coaching ranks and then eventually landed the head coaching job at Sacred Heart prior to the 2009-2010 season. And since then, it's been a successful tenure as the head coach coming off of a season where they tied the most wins in a season in program history, 21 wins. We're second in the Atlantic Hockey Association last year. We're on Pace to really have a great postseason, contend for the conference title, possibly get to the NCAA tournament before COVID. But we talked about the the season in review, including the Connecticut Ice Championship and how great that was and experience that was for him being a Connecticut guy Um, and and just so much more. Uh, He's just a really great guy to talk to. And it was a fun interview, certainly a fun interview. But as I'm recording this, as this by the time this episode comes out, it'll be November 2nd. We're three weeks away from the return of Sacred Heart Sports. Three weeks. Men's ice hockey gets things started on the 24th. They begin their season against Quinnipiac on the road. That's the first Sacred Heart sporting event since, I believe, March 12th was the last time that there was a Sacred Heart sporting event. It was baseball. was playing Manhattan College, I think, and the women's lacrosse team was having a home game. And then that's when things kind of came to a halt, and they haven't picked up since then. So it's going to be really awesome to see Sacred Heart Sports back in action once again and just to get some normalcy back to normal. Um, And then the next day, basketball gets started. Uh, The men's basketball team will start November 25th on the road at Rutgers. The women's basketball team will start November 25th on the road against the Crosstown rival, the Fairfield Stags. Those, as of right now, things can change as we all know, in the COVID era, where the schedule may look different two weeks from now. So right now, we just cross off each day on our calendar. It gets closer and closer to the return of Sacred Heart Sports, but right now, that is what is in plan. That is what's going on. I know basketball has had some hiccups with quarantining and positive cases and all that kind of stuff. So we just got to hope and pray that we can make it to the end of November, to Thanksgiving, and we will be rewarded with Sacred Heart Sports once again. But moving to our guest, as I said, C.G. Maritolo, the head coach of the men's ice hockey team. I believe this is his 11th season at the helm, either 10th or 11th. Been there for a decade for sure. And we talked about a lot of really great things, as I said. Um, He's been great ever since I really started to talk to him before the Connecticut ice, during the Connecticut ice. After that, he's always been willing to sit down and talk Sacred Heart hockey. Uh, Obviously, the program is trending in the right direction. They are certainly uh, trending toward being in the same breath as Quinnipiac and Yale, who have success in the NCAA tournament and are a nationally ranked program. And the team proved that by taking them down in back-to-back days to win the Connecticut Ice Tournament. We broke that down, um, talked about Jason Cotton and the season that he had. And, and there's a great story in there, too, that I'll let you guys listen to as the interview progressed. But Really great guy, really great story to hear from him. Just great to talk to him once again. Without further ado, my interview with head coach, C.J. Maritolo. Joining me now on the podcast 
He's going into his 12th season at the helm for Sacred Heart Men's Hockey, coming off of one heck of a 2019-2020 season. Head coach CJ Maritolo joins me now. Coach, thanks so much for joining me. What do you make of last season and the ups and downs from being as successful as you were, primed for a postseason run, and then having it essentially stripped away? Yeah, it uh, last year was a, an incredible year to be a part of uh, that group. Um, the seniors um, spent so much time with them, building that program. Um, you know, there was there was a lot of pain at times as we, you know, took steps each year, and to have the seniors have the type of year that they did was uh, was special to see. Um, unfortunate the way it ended, um, we felt we were playing our best hockey, um, at the end of the year. And, you know, we were all excited to see how far we could have gone. Um, you know, those seniors that left taught our guys a lot of lessons. Um, and I don't think they fell on deaf ears as we, you know, come into this year. I think this group still feels they have a lot to prove. And last season, 21, 10 and three, it tied the the program record for wins in a season the last time they did it was your very first year as a head coach all the way back in 2009 2010 you know what part of last season's team allowed you guys to have so much success and and match that school record yeah I think um our leadership group deserves a lot of the credit they basically took this team um, they had a vision. They had really dialed in focus of where they wanted this team to go. And they, they showed it every day. There wasn't a day that went by um, practice or a game that they weren't all in. Um, they attacked every practice. They, they set the standard for how we were going to go about our business in terms of how we practiced, how we were in the weight room, how we were going to be in the classroom, in the community. Um, they checked all the boxes. And it was led by, you know, Jason Cotton. Um, you know, we just got on his back and he, we just followed him. Um, and, you know, he was a special kid. And, you know, ultimately, he, you know, his body of work, he, you know, we signed an NHL deal. So we're all real proud of that. Um, but, uh, you know, that group I can't say enough of. They're, as people and as players, um, you know, what they did last year to bring the program to where we're at now. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned Jason and just the season he had. He was in consideration for the Hobie Baker Award. He he did everything for your team last year, and then, like you said, signed a professional contract with the Carolina Hurricanes. When you when you see one of your own players going through, and he was the first to sign a professional contract from the program, you know what does that speak about? Not only the job that he did, but the way that you were able to help him progress into the hockey player that he was last season when he gets looks from, from NHL teams. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a young man um, that really works on his game. Um, you know, ever, you know, from the first time he came to sacred heart, you know, he had to sit a full year before he got to play. Um, I think that year gave him an appreciation of having the opportunity to play it because he, he couldn't play. So he was really, really hungry. Um, and he just wanted to get to the NHL. That was his goal. And I'll tell you a funny story. Um, 
his junior year, the year after we got beat um, by RIT in game three at home in a series that we felt, you know, we deserve better fate. Um, my phone rings at nine o'clock the next morning and it was Jason Cotton. Um, and he said, coach, I, I just want to thank you for helping me get a job uh, down in Stanford, but I'm not going to take the job. And I hope you're not mad at me. I want to train every single day this summer to get better. And I'll tell you, he did it. Every single day, he was working on a piece of his game. He was working on his strength, his condition, his, his, his explosiveness. Um, and when his senior year came, he was ready to go. And, uh, and obviously, the year he had all that work paid off and ultimately you know, signing the NHL deal was icing on the cake. But I'm sure if you ask Jason, that opportunity to compete for a championship, you know, we'll, he'll always miss that. What I'm curious now, what, what kind of job did, did he have lined up for him that he turned down to pursue that professional dream? Well, it's funny, before I had the opportunity to coach here at Sacred Heart, um, I was an assistant coach at Yale for 13 years. And a young man uh, who owns a... Uh, a company in Stanford in the investment banking side of things. Um, you know, he and I have, have a great relationship. And, you know, when I fight a young man comes to me on our team that wants to get into that line of work, you know, uh, Keith McCullough is his name. I always give him a call and see if he has any opportunities. And, um, you know, we interviewed Jason. He went through the whole process. He didn't get special treatment because of me. He earned everything. Um, but he got offered an opportunity there. Um, but I didn't mind that he turned it down. And it's, it seems like it, it turned out to be the right decision as he's currently pursuing that professional dream. Now, let's get back to you. You know, you come to Sacred Heart before the 2009-2010 season after 13 years as an assistant and an associate head coach at Yale. You know, talk about how you came across the job at Sacred Heart and your initial thoughts toward coming and taking over the program. Yeah, I mean, as a young assistant coach, um, you know, you're learning your trade, you're learning all the different facets of what the job encompasses. Um, you know, as an assistant coach, I was on the road a lot. Um, but as you put years in, you, you start saying, you know, you have to make the decision, do you want to be a head coach or not? And I got that urge that I, I wanted to be able to pursue that. And if the opportunity arose, um, I would love that opportunity to be a head coach and have the opportunity to, to run my own program. Um, you know, when I learned from some great people at Yale, uh, Tim Taylor was my, you know, a coach that I spent probably nine, eight or nine years with. Um, he was the U.S. Olympic coach, very well-respected, uh, you know, hockey coach, and not only, you know, at Yale, but in the entire world. Oh, he taught me a lot. And I had the opportunity to work with Keith Elaine, who's there now. Learned a lot of great things from him. We came from the pro game. So I felt I was prepared, um, you know, to take that jump and walk the plank as a head coach. Um, you know, and going through the process at Sacred Heart, there's so many qualified candidates. You, you never know where you stack up. Um, but I felt that uh, I connected with a lot of people on the interview. Um, I was amazed at how friendly the people were. And I remember coming home from that and uh, talking to my wife about, you know, the, how the day went. And I said, that's a great place. Um, I had driven by it a lot on the Merritt Parkway. I've never 
pulled off and drove into the campus. Um, and it was gorgeous then. Um, and I was excited to get the opportunity. And I, I didn't think two seconds about taking the job when it was offered. I was excited about it. And I know from talking to you, you're a Connecticut guy, you know, grew up, played hockey here, now coaching here. When you take that job back in 2009, 2010, you say the campus was great back then. Now to see where it is now and the dedication that the university has, not only to developing the facilities for the school, but now promising and trying to break ground and build a hockey arena, a premier hockey arena on West Campus. What does it mean for you and how you can go and recruit now that you now can can show off all these new buildings and then soon enough to be able to show off a hockey arena on campus. Yeah, there, there's no question since I arrived, um, there's been a massive transformation to this campus and it keeps getting better every single year. And uh, there's no question it bringing a young man on campus with their family and having them walk around and see everything that's going on on our campus. It's uh the families are amazed by it. Um, they are, they're taken aback, uh, beautiful the buildings are, how clean it is. Um, and it is no question combined with our move to Webster Bank at that time, we were able to attract a different young man that we were able to attract before. Um, and now with the plans of breaking ground here very shortly uh, for a new arena, it should give us another big bounce in where we can take our program. And, you know, things like things at any college, any university don't happen unless from the president on down, things are aligned. Uh, Everybody's on the same page with the same vision. And that's very evident as you walk around, you know, our campus with all the facilities, um, the new dorms for the students. um, And now, you know, having a, a state-of-the-art building being built. Uh, it's going to take our program to another level. And the announcement of that hockey arena was, it was on a weekend that will certainly be in, in my memory for a while, as well as a lot of the players for your, for your program. It was right during the Connecticut ice, the first one. Um, there was obviously so much excitement going around it, and you end up handling Yale, going to the championship game the following day, going up against Quinnipiac, who at the time was a top-ranked team, top 15, top 20 team in the country, and you handle them and you take home the inaugural title. How would you even sum up that weekend? Because you have the performance on the ice and the championship, but then you also get that news about the hockey arena. What did it mean to you when you took over the program to where it is now where you're seeing success on the ice and you see the university acknowledge that and continue to be committed to building the program up even more. Yeah, that's a great question, Dan. And it's hard, that would be hard to harness. There was a lot of emotions that weekend. Um, For me, um, I was just so happy for the players um, to be able to uh, compete there in front of our fans. I mean, I remember, I think I might've told you this at, some, you know, when we spoke before, our players coming out of the tunnel for that game at Yale was electric. 
And one of our players, Vita Bravaro, said he had chills up and down his body. You know, the support we got from our community, um, you know, that weekend was, uh, was second to none. Um, and to be able to go out there and, you know, the guys go out there and perform and, and win the inaugural Connecticut Ice is something that uh, I'll never forget. Um, and it takes, it takes a village. And it's not just about the players winning, uh, about the coaching staff, you know, feeling a part of it and winning. But our whole community should feel a part of that um, in our administration. Uh, I felt that was everybody's victory that weekend. Uh, we had alumni weekend that weekend and, um, you know, they were just flooding into our locker room after we won it. It was, uh, it really felt like one big family, uh, that entire weekend. Um, you know, it's hard to put into words, but very special. Um, and I couldn't be more happy for the guys. And, and a lot of credit goes to our leadership group. They're the ones that believed. Um, if you asked maybe everybody that walked into that building that night, they would not have predicted Sacred Heart winning that. But anybody who followed college hockey said, hey, Sacred Heart's got a shot. Um, Quinnipiac, very good team, you know, been good for a long time. Um, and, you know, hopefully in 10 years, people are saying the same about us. And I remember when I talked to to Jason Cotton, um, probably I want to say a week or two after, um, he had explained how when he had first gotten to Sacred Heart, that when they would play Yale and Quinnipiac and UConn, for lack of a better word, he said Sacred Heart was a punching bag. There mm -hmm. would be times where it would be seven nothing, eight nothing, laughable games where Sacred Heart was not on the same level as those teams. Obviously, Quinnipiac has made Frozen Fours. Yale has been successful. But now, was was the Connecticut ice, maybe to you, more of an affirmation that Sacred Heart has reached that point in the program's history where it's not so much just about Quinnipiac and Yale anymore, that Sacred Heart is on the rise and, you know, hopefully very soon to a point where they're going to be talked about just in the same breath as, as Quinnipiac and Yale in terms of postseason success. No question. Uh, I think that that weekend opened some eyes. It got great coverage, TV coverage, you know, print coverage. Um, I think a lot of people were watching that event, even if they weren't there, they were watching it. SNY did a terrific job getting it in TVs all over, you know, their areas that they hit with their, you know, television. Um, and I think no question it, it opened some eyes and sacred heart, it's a pretty good hockey program. Um, and we can compete with anybody. So when people talk about, you know, the division one hockey in Connecticut, I, I would hope that, you know, we're right there on the tongue with, you know, those other three programs. And I know we're a lot younger in terms of how long we've been playing hockey. Um, but I, I think, um, and not just winning that event, but how we've done the past few years um, and the teams that we're beating. It's been a slow build. Um, doesn't happen overnight. And we've put a lot of time and effort. Uh, you know, my assistant coach, Scott McDougall, is, is he's a tireless recruiter. And, um, you know, the players that, you know, he's brought in, um, you know, with help of Paul Kirtland, who was here last year, did a tremendous job. And, you know, even Joel Beal before that, you know, those guys deserve part of the credit for it. And, um, you know, I, 
I don't like to use the word we've arrived. We have still a ton of work to do as we continue to continue to build with the program. Um, but I would like to think we're right there in the mix. Well, let's move forward to, to the upcoming season. And obviously there has been so much news surrounding college hockey and specifically the Atlantic Hockey Association. Obviously the news comes down a few weeks ago that there is no Connecticut ice this upcoming season due to COVID concerns. But then you get the good news that the league is is hoping to play and as of now on pace to play in in mid-November, the 13th and the 14th, and they laid out 24 to 28 games, pods to keep things regionalized. When you look at your team, there is no Jason Cotton anymore. Those senior leaders are not here from last season's team. How do you try and and, and contain what you had last year and hold on to it to bring it into this year to continue that success and continue to trend on the up and up within the program? I think um, obviously we don't expect anybody in our team to, to be the Jason Cotton or Mike Lee or Michael Murray or Vito Bravaya. We don't, we have very good players on our team now. And I, and I actually think there are players on our roster that probably didn't play as much or get into the role, um, that I foresee them in this year because we were so deep last year. So I expect, um, I mean, I expect our forward group to be very deep. Um, I think we'll be able to play four lines that are going to be very, very good. Um, we only lost Mike Lee on defense. He was a big piece of what we're, you know, what we accomplished. Um, but we brought in two young uh, defensemen. I think they're going to help combine with the experience we have back in there. You know, we have Josh Benson, who's been uh, very good for us. And we have Luke Lush, who in his first game had, a, I think, a shutout and two assists. So um, we feel really good about our group. Um, and I think we're going to score by committee. I don't think we're going to have that 22-goal score this year. Um, not to say we won't, but I think we'll be scoring more by committee. Um, and I think we'll still be a very exciting team to watch. We're going to play fast. We're going to try to score. Um, so, you know, after three days of practice, I really like our group. It was hard to kind of figure out what you had because we were in pods for the past two months. Um, but, uh, very cautiously optimistic about our group. How, and you talked about, you know, being in pods and with all the COVID protocols, not being able to see your team fully up until this week, how were you able to, or how did you evaluate your team early in the preseason when you knew that you weren't going to be able to get them all on the ice for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. We actually, Dan broke, broke up the, the fall into three different mini seasons for us. Um, September basically was a, a real strong emphasis on strength and conditioning um, in the weight room. Uh, we felt, you know, because of the pandemic, a lot of the gyms weren't open. We wanted to make sure our guys, their strength was where it needed to be. Um, so that was our emphasis in September and October hit. We um, had a real strong emphasis on skills and uh, concepts um, on the ice and creating uh, our identity. Um, you know, how we want to go about things. And then when we hit November, we're going to get more into system play. Um, as games are, you know, clo closely creeping up on us here. Um, we felt we had a really good plan. Our guys discussed it with our leadership group and, you know, they bought in. 
um, and our our group has really bought into it. So you know, right now we're coming to the end of that you know skills pot you know skills grouping, so to speak. So we're looking forward to dig in on um, a lot of our system play coming up soon. And you bring back one of one of your captains from last year, Mark Johnstone. But what other players from last year, skaters? do you expect to take that step up? And because you talked about your depth and, and the amount of options that you had offensively, who do you expect or hope to take that next step up to fill part of the void that is going to be left behind by, by Jason Cotton? I mean, I, I think, um, I think we have a myriad of guys that can step up. Um, you have Mark Johnstone, you know, Austin McGarra, um, <clears throat> excuse me, was on the all rookie team his freshman year. Um, Ryan Steele slow, uh, you know, kind of goes about his business um, and produces points. Um, Evan Wasaki, who uh, didn't start playing for us, a transfer from UConn until November. I, I think he's ready to pop. Um, you know, Todd Garing is another kid with a game-winning goal against uh, Quinnipiac in the championship game at Connecticut Ice. He's been looking good. You know, yeah. Two other guys that come to mind that have looked very good in practice, Derek Contessa, who didn't play much last year because of the depth that we had. He's he's been looking really good. And um, Kevin Lombardi's another young man, you know, six foot five guy, could do a lot of different things. Um, you know, we have two transfers, one from Clarkson, who scored 10 goals last year in uh, for the Clarkson team, and another transfer who's hurt right now, but uh Emil Orville, a young man from Sweden that played at Michigan last year. So we feel we have a lot of bullets in the gun. Uh, we feel any line, however we configure our lines, will be able to, uh, you know, create offense for us. Um, so, you know, we like our team. You know, we're excited to to play. I mean, it's been a long time since we played a game. Uh, so our guys are very eager to get out there and compete against somebody other than a Sacred Heart jersey. And I want to close our our interview with with stuff more off the ice. Now, you know, last season you guys were great on the ice, but you also did a lot of work within the community. I know the one that comes to mind is your you team up with Team Impact to mm-hmm. help uh, sign Zachariah Schneider to yeah. his letter of intent. I remember I was at that event, and even for you specifically, you are a founding board member of the Connecticut Hockey Foundation. Now, there's so much on the ice that people focus on, but how much do you stress to your team and emphasize the platform that they have to reach out into the community and be able to help and and really impact someone's life? We talk about that a lot, and it's something, you know, it's part of the core of Sacred Heart University, it's in, uh, and we make it part of our mission as well. And um, bringing Zachariah on, he, he's, he's been great with our guys. It, uh, you know, we haven't been able to get him to the rink as of yet because of COVID, but we're working on that. Um, but we, our guys have sent videos to him. He's very much part of our team and we miss not seeing him, but it's very important to give back because our guys, I feel, you know, this pandemic has given people a lot of pause. They've had a lot of time to sit and think. And now that we're back at it again, playing the game that we love um, and being a part of the game that we love um, and how quickly it can be taken from you. I think that's what a lot of our guys have come to understand. 
So it's important to be able to give back, put smiles on kids' faces, make them feel a part of it. Um, and we try to do that as much as we can. Every Tuesday night, um, we go down, a couple of our guys go down and work at the Wonderland of Ice with their Learn to Skate program. Um, we've been doing that since school started. And, uh, you know, the guy who runs the rink down there, John Ferguson, said, you know, calls me and says, everybody loves your guys. They're doing a terrific job. And uh, those are the things we like to like to hear. And those are the things we like to get involved in. Um, and especially given back in the game of hockey, because it's given back, it's given all of our guys, myself, everybody on my coaching staff so much. So it's the right thing to do is to give back. And we, we, we look forward to doing that. I appreciate the time coach. Thank you. I know that you have a lot to prep for as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. Thank you so much for taking the time. And, and I wish you all the best as you guys start this season under all the circumstances that are going on. No, I appreciate it, Dan. And thanks for taking the time to uh, talk about sacred art hockey. Yeah, once again, thanks to Coach CJ for taking time to talk with me. Great guy, as I keep saying over and over. He has been so willing to talk to me and just discuss sacred art hockey and and the fact that it's trending in in the right direction and starting to get back up to what he envisions it to be. Obviously, being around Yale, he knew the expectations year in and year year out from them, and now he's building sacred art into what hopefully will be a program similar to that with postseason success in the next couple years but that'll wrap up this edition of the podcast next week is a mystery and by mystery means i haven't scheduled the next guest yet so i can't really preview it but i will let you know you'll know on my twitter at dan gardella you'll know who the next guest will be if you have any recommendations any suggestions absolutely reach out i am always all ears to hear any comments critiques anything like that but thank you for listening once again have a great week and we'll see you guys next time